What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. It's hard to obey sometimes, isn't it? You want to live for the Lord, you want to do what's right, but man, the flesh and the world, and you're like, I just can't do what's right, and those besetting sins that the book of Hebrews talks about come back again and again. So you can sort of relate to Israel, right? It says there in Judges chapter 4 that as long as Ehud was alive, the people of Israel did what was right. But the minute a judge dies, or in this case Ehud dies, they go back to sinning. And you keep wondering, why people? You know what to do. You know what is right. Why do you go back to sinning when your leader dies who's trying to lead you in righteousness, who's trying to lead you towards what is right? But time and time again, we'll see in the book of Judges, the minute that judge dies, the people revert back to pursuing the Canaanite gods around them, to pursuing the gods of their relatives, their wives, their husbands, instead of loving Yahweh. Well, when Ehud dies, the people go back to pursuing Baal, to pursuing Asheroth. And it says that the people did evil in the sight of the Lord. So God raised up another Canaanite king to harass them, to be a thorn in their side, to bring them back. And he raised up Jabin, king of Canaan, who had as a general this guy named Sisera. And later on in Judges chapter 5, Deborah and Barak, together they sing this song of victory. But in that poem, they talk about you couldn't even go on the highways as an Israelite. You had to hide. That's how bad the oppression was under Jabin and Sisera. People hid. Uh, the normal flows of commerce and traffic, you know, all of a sudden you'd be stopped by Sisera and his men and harassed and your goods were taken. If you were a Jew, you had to hide because you would constantly be punished, harassed by Jabin and his men. In Judges chapter 5, verse 8, Deborah talks about when new gods were chosen then war was in the gates. What she's saying is, when repeatedly people had to hide from oppression, and when Jabin and Sisera started to raise up their gods, and when the people began to pursue other gods, then war was in the gates. Deborah was raised up by God to do something about it. Now, Deborah is the only female judge in the whole book. 
And it's interesting that Deborah and Barack work together in some sort of judgeship to help the people of Israel. God raises up these people. Now, Deborah's not married to Barak, and Barak's not married to Deborah. In fact, Deborah's married to somebody else. And it's interesting that Deborah used to sit under a palm tree. Now, Deborah literally means honeybee, which I just thought that was interesting. But Deborah, honeybee, sits under a palm tree, and it says the people of Israel would come up to be judged by her. Now, it's interesting, in the book of Judges, most of the judges were military leaders God raised up to relieve his people of this oppression. But here, there's only two judges that are called prophets. One is Deborah, and the other is Samson. Deborah was a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, okay? And in Israel, or in the book of Judges, I should say, the typical judge, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They are possessed of God, and they go do a great military victory and save the people. In this story... God raises up Deborah, who is a prophet, but he also raises up Barak, who later on in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, in the hall of faith is mentioned. So he raises up Barak as this partner judge, and it seems like together they work what a normal judge did in the rest of the book. Deborah judged, Deborah was a prophet, she heard from God, but Barak did all the fighting. He was the military leader. Well, Deborah was judging. People would come and bring their disputes as she sat under this date palm. And she would tell them, you know, hey, God says to do this. God rules in this way. On one of those days, you can imagine, Deborah gets a direct message from God. Time is up for Jabin. Time is up for Sisera. We have got to set this straight. I need you, Deborah, to call Barak and tell him that he's got to come up to Mount Tabor and call 10,000 troops from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun because now we are going to get rid of the oppression of Jabin and Sisera, for 20 years, the people were oppressed. And God finally says, you know, enough is enough. The people finally started to cry out. And God heard their cries and came to Deborah, who was judging this whole time, and said, listen, we've got to do something about it. And we have got to fight Jabin and Sisera now. So Deborah calls Barak who's from the tribe of Ephraim, and says, hey, you need to come up to Mount Tabor and you need to call 10,000 troops from Zebulon and Naphtali. Now, it's interesting. There was nothing special about Barak, all right? There's nothing special about him. I wonder why these troops came to his call. I think it might have been divine moving in their hearts. I think because they heard Deborah called for it. Deborah was a leader. Deborah was leading the people of Israel. And when she called, people listened. And when God raised up Barak to fight for him, the people of Zebulon and Naphtali, 10,000 men responded. And they gathered at Mount Tabor. But 
You wonder if they might have been quaking in their boots. Why? Because it says Cicera, the man who had been oppressing them this whole time, had 900 chariots of iron. 900 iron chariots. That back then was a major force. That back then was technology the Jewish people didn't have at that time. That would be the equivalent of saying you have 900 tanks and I have nothing. To have a horse and an iron chariot and a man riding that chariot and bow and arrow shooting at you, the speed that you could come in. So many people back then would have the chariots lead their forces into battle, and so they would go out first, and then the foot soldiers would follow, and the iron chariots would go in and blast through the line and start to take out people, and then the foot soldiers would come behind. That was a formidable force, and the Israelites had nothing, and Barak knew this. And he says, I'll go. I will go. But Deborah, I'll only go if you go with me. You got to go with me. See, Barak was willing to go, but he didn't have the complete faith that said, I'm going to trust what Deborah said. I mean, Deborah literally says to him, go fight. And it literally says, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, go? Deborah's saying in verse 6 of chapter 4 that God is going to give you the victory. Yahweh's going to give you the victory. Just go. And Barak's like, yes, I'll go, but waffles in his faith a little only if you're willing to go with me, Deborah. And Deborah says, all right, I'll go. But you know what? You will not gain the glory. When we defeat Sisera, you will not gain the glory. Instead, the glory, God has told me, is going to go into the hand of a woman. Now, Barack's thinking, well, Deborah's going to get the glory, not me. I'm fine with that, you know. Back then, that was a bit of a slight. As a man, you wanted to defeat. As a captain of an army, you wanted to defeat, not a woman. And probably Barack is thinking, hey, this is going to be Deborah, all right. She's a prophet. She's a judge. If she gets the glory as a woman, I'm cool with that. But little does he know, that's not the woman Deborah's referring to. And that's not the woman God's referring to because... In another area near the field of battle, a guy named Heber and his wife Jael, J-A-E-L, are setting up tent. Now they're Kenites, which they're sort of related to the people of Israel because Moses was a Kenite and, and that tribe sort of hung out with the Israelites and there's a whole bunch of interesting history back there. But Ultimately, the writer of Judges is saying Heber and Jael, who aren't even really part of the Israelite people at this point, they're not of a specific tribe, but they're sort of related to them. They're setting up tent. Well, what's interesting is Heber and Jael, the Kenites, they're not only not really associated with Israel, they are politically connected with Jabin and Sisera. 
their two countries, their two tribes have this sort of political alliance that Cicero would have known about. Well, Heber and Jael are setting up tent near the battlefield, not so much to watch, beautiful valley, let's start feeding our cattle here. It just happens to be in the Jezreel Valley where this battle is going to take place. So, Sisera hears that Barak has gathered 10,000 troops at Mount Tabor. And when he hears that, He's been oppressing the people of Israel for 20 years. He's thinking, hey, somebody's trying to rise up. Somebody's trying to flex their muscle. Let's go take him out. And so Sisera comes with a force of 900 chariots and his army, and they move into the Jezreel Valley. Now, it's interesting. Through the middle of the Jezreel Valley runs this river called Kishon the River Kishon. And the River Kishon would overflow its banks, and that's where it had some lush vegetation. It was a little marshy, but, you know, by then the waters had receded, and Sisera knows he's good with his 900 chariots, and he's going to destroy this little army of 10,000 people. And he shows up. So, Imagine Sisera shows up in the Jezreel Valley. He has 900 chariots of iron in front of him. Behind him, he has hundreds and thousands of men marching foot soldiers behind those chariots, ready to fight. And maybe a trumpet's blowing. And up on Mount Tabor, overlooking Jezreel Valley, Barak looks down. And he's quaking in his boots already. But Deborah says, go. Look, has not the Lord given Sisera into your hand? That's what she says in Judges chapter 4, verse 13. Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? Now, what does she mean by that? What do you mean the Lord goes out before you? Well, it's interesting. In Judges chapter 5, when Deborah and Barak sing about what God had done for them, and they sing with joy about how God had given them the victory, they say this. It says in Judges chapter 5, verse 20, From heaven the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon, march on my soul with might. But notice it says, from heaven the stars fought. And Deborah says, look, has he not given Sisera into your hand? As they showed up with their 900 chariots, as they started to come near that river Kishon, as Barak and his men looked down from Mount Tabor, about to take his little puny troops into fighting against this mighty army, all of a sudden, you can imagine it. Out of nowhere, dark clouds start to form. 
Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the sky goes deathly black. And that word courses there gives this idea of water. A torrential downpour began to occur out of nowhere. And that's where Deborah says, look. The skies are dark. It's pouring rain. Your Lord is fighting for you. He's gone out before you, and they're looking at themselves. You know, I can imagine Barak and his men are soaking wet, and they're like, let's go, and they go down in the Jezreel Valley. Well, the river Kishon starts to overflow, and those mighty chariots, you know what happens to them? They get stuck in the mud. They can't move. They're totally stuck, and these mighty tanks can't get anywhere. And Barak and his men, they come in, and it says they slaughter the army led by Sisera. And they just, it says, put them to the edge of the sword. Not a man was left, and the men started to run away again. It might have been pouring with rain, and some people think when it says the stars fought for them, maybe some cosmic lightning started to come out and kill and hit. Maybe big hail came down, started to hit men and kill men, and in all this confusion, Barak and his men just took them out. Now remember... Hey, the glory goes to Barak, right? Yay! No, remember, Deborah said the glory is going to go to a woman. She's up on Mount Tabor. She's not down there fighting. How is the glory going to go to a woman? Well, it says that Sisera, he runs. The captain of the army, he gets out of there. All his men are lost, and he's, he's looking where to go, and he's running, and he's running, and he knows the people are after him. He knows the Israelites are after him, and he's running, and he's running, and he, and he sees Oh, oh, the the tent, and it says that Jael, the wife of Heber, she invites him into his tent, and maybe she said, hey, I'm a Kenite, and he goes, yes, we're connected with you, and maybe he thought he was safe, and she goes, come in here, and, and, and I'll hide you, turn aside, come on here, and, and don't be afraid, so he comes into the tent, Jael's there, and doesn't talk about Heber. I don't know where he was, but Jael, his wife, is there. And she's like, hey, 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 hide under this rug. And I'll cover you with this rug. And he goes under and he lays down and she puts this big, huge rug over him. And he's exhausted. And he pulls the rug back and he goes, hey, hey, I am extremely thirsty. Could I please have a drink? I would love a drink of water. Please give me a drink of water. So Jael goes to get some water, but then she thinks... She's got a plan. She goes, I'm going to give you milk instead. She opens a skin of milk and probably gives him goat's milk. And he drinks it because she knows he's exhausted. He's tired. And milk will put you to sleep faster than water because she wants him asleep. And he drinks that. And he's covered, and he starts to fall asleep. And everybody wakes up and he goes, listen, stand at the opening of the tent. And if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here? Just say no. And if they have to come in and, and look for things, I'll, I'll hide. I'll be under this cover. I'll be under this, this rug. They won't even notice. And all right, all right. So she puts the rug back over him. And he starts, he's exhausted. 
and he starts to fall asleep. And he was out. Now, jail. Her tribe was connected with Jabin and Sisera. But remember, the Kenites also had this whole history with Moses, and they knew about Yahweh. And they'd probably heard about what had just happened at this battle. And if you have a choice between following the gods of this king and this general who were just routed by a mighty god who sent rainstorm and lightning, who are you going to follow? Well, Jael in that moment makes a decision. I'm going to live for Yahweh. And she picks up a tent peg. Because her and her husband were nomadic. They would travel around. And so they would build these tents. And then they would tear them down. And so they'd build another tent. They'd move around. And you had to have tent pegs to hold down the straps. And she picks up a tent peg. She picks up a hammer. And Sisera is out cold, sleeping. He's exhausted and scared, and that milk has done its magic. So she places the tent peg on top of the rug, finds his head, puts the tent peg on top of the rug right over the temple of his head. And she is used to swinging a hammer. And she is used to putting up tent pegs. She's no wimpy woman. I think this woman was tough. She takes her hammer and in one swing, bam! Drives that tent peg through his head. And it says in the book of Judges, she drives it all the way into the ground. Bam! Maybe she takes it in the next second swing. Bam! And finally, it is in the ground. And it went through Cicera's head, and he is dead. Deader than a tent peg. And Jael runs outside, and the Hebrew troops, the Israelite troops are coming, and she goes, come over here, come, and I'll show you Cicera, because they've been looking for him. If they can get the captain, they can win. So if they go into their tent, they pull back the rug, and there is Cicera dead and jail's like yes i did it and all the glory goes to who not deborah but to jail jail with the tent peg because she trusted in yahweh more than her situation because she knew yahweh was the god i need to follow in that moment she kills Sisera. It says in Judges chapter 4, verse 23, that on that day, God subdued Jabin. Sisera loses. Jabin loses. His army is totally destroyed. And the hand of Israel, it says, pressed hard against Jabin. And they pushed him and his troops finally out of Israel. And at the end of Judges chapter 5, at the end of the song written by Deborah and Barak, it says that the land had rest for 40 years. Yay! But you know what's going to happen. Eventually, Deborah... And Barak are going to die. 
what's going to happen next? We'll come back next week to find out. But I just want to encourage you, live by faith. Don't be afraid to trust God. Even when the odds seem stacked against you, live by faith. Trust God. Deborah and Barak and Jael are examples of people who live by faith. Even when they waffle, God still used them in the person of Barak. Live by faith. Trust God today. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.